0: of the Word podcast. If you've been with us recently, you know that we're looking and sort of aiming toward an understanding of all that the Lord has given us related to His coming again and His return. And particularly what we're going to be looking at is what we call uh, Jesus's Olivet Discourse, which is just a fancy way of saying that Jesus was on a Mount of Olives with His disciples, and four of them came up to Him and asked Him some questions. Now, they actually asked uh, two questions. The second question had two part, and uh, Jesus, in answering these two questions, gave a tremendous amount of information about his coming again. But before we can actually get into that, which we find in Matthew 24 and Luke 21 and Mark 13, um, I thought it would be good for us to set the context because we saw in Matthew 24, the first couple of verses, that Jesus was coming out of the temple. He was coming out of the temple and something had happened in that temple. Something had occurred that sort of led the disciples to react and act the way they did and even the question and and try to understand some things. And so we've gone back and we've looked at Matthew 21 and 22 and 23 to see what was going on in the temple. And the short of it is this, that Jesus was under attack. From the moment he walked in there, he's being questioned. The The Jewish leadership was saying, by what authority do you do this? Okay. And when he sort of gave them a response that they could not respond to, Then the Pharisees came and said, well, uh, uh, are we supposed to give a poll tax? And that's when Jesus said, give unto Caesar the things that are Caesar. And then the Sadducees came up to him and, and tried to set him up with a hypothetical question related to heaven. And they don't even believe in the resurrection or in heaven. And Jesus dealt with that in the most powerful way. Remember that? He says, you do err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. And so basically, uh, the Sadducees just turned around with their tail between their legs. With each one of these, the crowds and the people around were growing in astonishment at his wisdom, at his teaching and what he was saying. So let's look at verse 34 of Matthew 22 because the account continues. It's the same day, the same things happening. Verse 34 says this, but when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, let me know, let me tell you here real quick. The Pharisees loved that. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were competing religious political parties, okay? They were competing religious leadership. And so when the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. They thought they would try again. They'd already tried to trip him up with his words. Remember, that's how it was actually described. But one of them, verse 35, one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. And here's what the question was, verse 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's a quote out of the Old Testament. This is the great and foremost commandment. But Jesus continues on. The teacher, uh, the Pharisee had just asked the question the lawyer, uh, what's the greatest commandment? But Jesus follows on with a follow-up. This is the great and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, this is verse 41. So they had no response to this. They had no comeback to this because it was straight out of the word of God. It was the directed answer to a directed question. But the Pharisees are still... Asking questions, they're still trying to trip him up with his own words. So they asked Jesus a question. Here's what it is, verse 42. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? You say, wait a minute, what's happening here? We'll go back to verse 41 again. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. So see, Jesus turns it around. They were still sitting there trying to deal with his first question and coming up with some way to trip him up. But now Jesus comes back and asks them a question. He's done this before. He did it with the Pharisees the first time. And so he asked them this question, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, so the Pharisees said to Jesus, He's the son of David. And Jesus said to them, Then how does David in the Spirit call him Lord? Now this is verse 43, and it's about to quote, I think it's the 110th Psalm. So Jesus is setting... The, uh, uh, the foundation for something here. Then how does David, in the Spirit, Jesus is saying that it's the Spirit of the Lord that led David to say this. The Pharisees would have accepted that. The Sadducees would not have. But he's asking the Pharisees, how does David, in the Spirit, call him Lord when he says this, verse 44, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies Beneath your feet. So he's quoting, uh, quoting a Psalm of David, the 110th Psalm, and Jesus is saying, If the Messiah is coming from David, then how can David say, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand? Verse 45. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? So Jesus is asking a great question, which in our hindsight and our understanding, we see what the answer is. The answer is that the Messiah, Jesus, is of the lineage of David. They were thinking much more messianic king, victory, defeat the world type of thing. And they never would have considered that Lord passage from David in the way that Jesus is presented. So he's asking them again, if David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? Verse 46 says this no one was able to answer him a word, nor did anyone dare from that day on to ask him another question. <laughs> there would not be many more days in the life of Jesus. Okay. Cause this is happening at the end of his life, but no one answered him a word related to that question. And then no one else asked him any other questions. And that's speaking from the uh, religious leadership. Uh, they, the Pharisees had tried to set him up, had failed. The Sadducees had tried to set him up. They failed. The Pharisees this time sent a lawyer to him, and he failed. And no one asked him any more questions. We do know this, that their hatred, their anger increased to such a point that eventually in a very short period of time, they're going to kill him. But when it came down to the issues, when it came down to the questions, the Lord simply spoke forth. The word of the Lord and in the word of the Lord, there is victory. That is the reason that is so, so, so very important that each one of us know the word of God personally. Not that we know somebody that knows it. okay, but that we know the word personally. Yes, we have one another to help one another. Yes, we have teachers. We have those that will give us insight. But we must search out the depths of the word ourselves, and we must know it personally not just academically but know it and have a life that's being transformed and conformed into his likeness because of his word i think jesus has given us the model and the example for how to handle like situations that we face every day what if we responded in the same way that jesus did I believe it would bring forth a move to the Holy Spirit. I believe that it would be the manifestation of the kingdom of God here upon the earth. Well, my time's up. Again, I'm Dale. I thank you so much for being with me. See you again next time.